Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I'm your host, Darren Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters and Master Swordcaster, Dragon Rider, and Major Death. Ah, man. Good to be back. Another interesting week. Another buttload of cards in front of us. So. <laughs> Oh Is that a technical <laughs> term for the number of cards we yeah, got? I believe that's the actual the actual uh, uh, technical number. Like it's a ton, but you know. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just I I I, I want to make sure I'm using the proper terminology when we're talking about yeah, of such course. things. We, so, we're we're serious know. about Hearthstone here. We got to use all the yes. right terminology. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Oh. Uh, why don't we start off with last week's poll question? We asked you of the of these colossals that have been revealed. We had four of them uh, for the priest, mage, rogue, and warrior colossals. Which do you think is the most interesting? We had twenty three votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with thirty nine point one percent of the vote, you said the Blackwater Behemoth, the priest colossal, was the most interesting. Uh, followed very closely behind by Gaia, the Tectonic, the Mage Colossal. Uh, Krabatoa, the Rogue Colossal, finished third with 21.7% of the vote. And Nelly, the Great Thrasher, the Warrior Colossal, only got 8.7% of the vote. That one did sort of seem like the least interesting one of them. It was kind of the most straightforward. It's got pirates and all this. And uh, some of that other stuff looks like it could be very uh, have a lot more, um, I guess, bells and whistles to it, I suppose, uh, that that make it kind of interesting and stuff. So uh, we we shall see if it turns out to be that they're not only interesting, but playable when we when we get the set here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was going to say this might be the only time that we see people actively like excited for the priest card voting for priest cards <laughs> like, yeah yeah because that's... if it's good i think it's gonna be one of those cards that people start to hate and then they'll be like no i don't want this anymore what so. you don't are you trying to tell me that that we as a as a you know large hearthstone community do not want to necessarily see giant minions with life steal on them that automatically get attacked every turn. I mean, I do. I don't know about you guys, but it sounds good to me. That I sounds terrible, I think, if I'm being honest. But, you know, yes. different strokes for different folks. I think it, uh, for me, it's like one of those, It's if it's really that good, it's going to be a, it feels great for one player and it's going to feel terrible for the other player. And it depends which side of the table you're on <laughs> that you are feeling which way. Yeah. Reasonable. Okay. So we'll have another poll question at the end of the show. And then we go ahead and take a look at the news. So Vengeant. Is that Vengeant? I don't know how you pronounce that. I think it's Vengeant. Vengeant, Kurtris, and Shadow Touch, Zarella bundles are available in the shop. Each include a hero portrait with a new with new voice emotes and five packs, including standard cards from Demon Hunter for Kurtris and Priest for Zarella for ten bucks. 
That's, I mean... That- that that shadow touch Zyrella is so cool looking. If you if you have not seen it yet, um, it looks like a shadow priest portrait mm-hmm. already without it being in like shadow form. But it just she looks amazing, and I I don't know that I play enough priest that I should really spend my money to get it. But yet at the same time, it's kind of like. Uh, SI7 Anduin in in insofar as I just I kind of want this portrait because it looks it looks so cool and I, I'm very curious about the voice lines. I mean, yes, but you you can't really get any better than that Anduin portrait. <laughs> With, <laughs> I wow, know, I know. Really, wow. <laughs> that is the best emote in Hearthstone today. <laughs> You're not wrong there. I I have no way of arguing that. I know. As somebody who who likes to give priests a little bit of grief, like I I can't even argue either. It's so good. (laughs) Exactly. It is literally the even even if you meant it genuinely like, wow, that was great. Like it is just BM. Like that is an emote that can never be not taken as BM. It's just it that's just what it is. Uh and then, FYI, unstable evolution card text will be changed when Voyage to the Sunken City launches. Unstable evolution card text, transform a friendly minion into one that costs one more, repeatable this turn. Gallon confirmed this on uh, the change on Twitter. When uh, Tweet reads, when Voyage to the Sunken City goes live, Unstable Evolution will have its functionality changed from a, a repeatable this turn to uh, an echo card. The wording will update uh, in the following patch. While they function mostly the same, we apologize for it being unclearly worded for a short period of time. We also understand that the p- fun part of this card is randomly generate a radiant elemental and have a crazy turn. So even though... This now will work with Miss Wraith. It is still effectively a nerf to the fun, so there will be refunds on Unstable. So, what is what yeah, is the was... difference between Echo? Like I that's I never got why they just didn't use Echo when they printed that card. So the so the reason for this change is the new legendary for Shaman that is coming in, uh, Radiance of Ajara. Is a three mana three four elemental with fire spell damage plus two, but says your nature spells cost one less after you cast a frost spell, gain three armor. It's the nature spells cost one less that's a problem because unstable evolution is a one mana nature spell, which basically means that for the entire length of your rope, you and if they didn't change this, they would be you'd be able to com- keep unstable evolutioning for the entire turn and uh i'm not entirely sure how the echo thing makes this different to be perfectly honest with yeah, you. yeah that's what i'm confused um, i think i i'd have to i i'd have to look but it's it, it it's not that that card is not in standard unless it comes back to standard as part of the core set so um from that standpoint it's not um trying to see okay so 
According to Out of Cards, the, which we will link to, it says this is particularly important due to the interaction with Radiance of Ashara in its current form. Radiance of Ashara would allow unstable evolution to cost zero, allowing it to be played indefinitely. Uh, this was previously possible if you ended up getting a few specific cards from another class in your hand, but the two cards are both shaman cards. You could put them both in the same deck, making the interaction consistent. So um, you can't. Okay, so what they're so what they're saying is, is echo means I don't think you could keep getting it costing zero. So it, it costs zero, zero the, the first, first time. time. Yeah, that's why. And then and then it would cost one after because of the change they did to the echo effect uh, when we had all those mechs running around. Uh, mm -hmm. so now because radiant elemental is a way that you could potentially get these costing zero, um, you would be able to do this, you know, as many times as you possibly could. So, uh, the echo part makes the first one cost zero and then subsequent ones would cost one. So you would not get, uh, you would, you would not get to keep doing unstable evolution. Uh, okay. So, infinite. so here I just pulled up my collection. I looked at an echo card. Echo reads repeatable this turn. You play this or repeatable the turn. You play this copies can't cost less than one. Yeah. So that's, that was specifically done for snip, snip snap and zilliacs and all those. Yeah. Yeah. Wild yeah. interactions. So. I mean, I feel like it's probably means that it's this is just they're concerned about wild, but you know who knows it could come back to standard. But that's good. Okay, that would explain why it wasn't they wanted to function differently than Echo. So okay, uh, excuse me one second. Let me pull back up my notes because I was tabbing away and looking at other things trying to figure this out. Ixar's Twitter Q and A number forty. Dean covered theory crafting streams, expansions, cosmetics, as well as mass pack opening features, among other topics. Uh, regarding theory crafting streams, this won't be a popular thought, but our stance is that there are more, are more people positively impacted by getting some ideas of what they should play than there are negatively impacted by hype loss. Regarding the expansion slash mini set release schedule, we have been medium on mini set. The total number of cards feels right. Been uh, been talking about doing four expansions per year and no mini sets. We also have uh, adjust our reward structure if expansions just lasted a shorter amount of time. Regarding a card he thought would be bonkers good. Honestly, in every every set I ever I worked on, I thought a card was going to be too busted. Uh, we would change it. Maybe the Druid DK. I thought we should nerf, but it was. Uh, but I was outnumbered. And regarding mass pack opening, mass pack opening is on our to do list, but still ways out. No, I'd like that to be happening by the twelfth, please. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pack openings kind of fun for like the first five minutes and then you're 45 minutes into it. You're like, 
Okay. Yeah. Kid, just space, 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 space. Okay. Space, 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 space. I still, yeah, I still have 40 packs to get through. Good grief. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I open on my phone. So if you open it on your phone, like you have to scroll across. I just like slide my finger and just launch it, hit done, do it again, slide it, hit done. And it's just like, okay, I would like that very much. So. So I, I think we need to talk about the theory crafting space yes. here for just a minute for a couple of reasons. One, huh. there definitely okay. has been a lot of discussion about theory crafting streams and whether or not they should be a thing. I I I think I'm in with their camp in that I think it does more to positively uh, get people excited about the potential of a new expansion and seeing how cards work a little bit ahead of time before they get their chance on them. Yeah. Uh, then, then there is, uh, you know, hype loss, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Rider. Do you do you know any do you do you have any recommendations for a theory crafting stream I could watch that might you know help me get hype for the new expansion? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, if you're going to watch one of the theory crafting streams, mm-hmm. you just had to pick one. Okay. I think you should go to twitch.tv slash dragonriderdk and check that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I got the email like asking uh, you know, from, from Alkali and I saw it. I was just like, oh, what? Like, oh my gosh. I'm invited to this. And it's interesting, I think, from my perspective, because I haven't been one, like, I've kind of always just been on the fence. Like, I think they're cool, but they're, they're like, they're not my favorite thing necessarily uh, to watch. I've I've put them on and, and supported creators. Um, I've also really liked when they've done, like, they bring on some of the devs as well. That's always been really cool to me. Um, but I think the people who are upset by this, who are going to say, oh, well, it's just loses the hype and we want to be able to play it those people probably aren't watching the theorycraft streams anyways because they don't want to lose the hype so it's like all right um but also there is the aspect i think in in the past like there's always requirements and in the past i think at least some of them that i did kind of watch they were only allowed to use like core set cards or neutral cards and the set it's like they were really limited in what they could even build decks with. Yeah, they had to. They had a minimum number of new yeah. cards from the new expansion they had to include, or different yeah. things like that. Or they, you know, some of them they've had like a deck submission process, and then and then they would yeah. coordinate with the with the people participating in the theory crafting streams, and they would play some of those decks that were submitted and different yeah. things like that. Is there restrictions like that this time? Um, I believe there are, but I don't think I can talk about the details on that yet. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, there there are some, um, but it's, you know, it's it, people just assume that the players have access to everything, and it's like, well, they're just gonna create the top meta tier one deck, and it's like, well, that's no, like that's really? not, I mean, okay, yeah, I was gonna say that's not like if they say that they've never watched these streams because that's not what that's about. It's all about showing yeah. off the new cards and the new mechanics. 
And if the decks aren't like hyper, like they aren't hyper, like this is going to win a master's tour. This is like, hey, look, look at me play with dredge. I'm going to highlight dredge in this deck. Like I'm going to dredge up stuff and have fun. Like that's what those streams are. And it's like, I'm like, oh my God. The people that are participating in these events, you you all are fantastic. Uh, some of here, some here. of the people that they're that they're getting are really good deck builders. But you have you have like you're going to have basically two days in which you know what's in the core set, and you're going to have you know basically uh, two full days of knowing what all the cards in this set are. To come up with some decks to play on the theory crafting stream that's available for six hours. Yeah. And there's and there's a limited number of you. There's like, you know, 20, 30 of you usually that, that end up getting to do this. You all are amazing, but you're not going to create the the no. the meta tyrant and and if you do somehow manage to come up with one, it'll probably get nerfed because <laughs> yeah. because they don't want a meta tyrant on day one. Yeah, and there's requirements and how the decks, you know, have, like, how you have to build them and stuff. No. Right. Like, okay, I'm participating. I am not. Like, I might have a general, like, let's say, I don't know. I'm just going to pick Paladin because I'm super excited for Paladin. So, like, okay, Paladin, maybe there's, like, two of the Paladin cards that are going to be part of the top tier meta deck. There's no way I'm creating a deck on that stream that's gonna be like the top meta deck okay cool it might have a couple of the same cards but that's because they're new cards and we're gonna be in a four set meta (laughs) i think you i think you can figure it out uh you after all you're the one who forgot to put rally in your rally paladin deck (laughs) oh yeah i've I've done that uh, Highlander decks and forgot to put Zephyrus in. You know, oh yeah, I'm I'm a great deck builder. I am so hyped. No, you are a good. De- don't sell yourself short. I I like having a little bit of fun because that was that was a very amusing one uh, uh, example. But you are a good deck builder. So don't don't sell yourself I, short on I that. I do that kind of thing frequently, so I am you know I, I'm thrilled to uh, be part of this though, and so that is happening. All of those streams are happening on April seventh. So that's why Major was saying two days after we know everything, because basically next Tuesday on April fifth is when they're going to be announcing all of the the last cards and the core set stuff. So yeah, two days afterwards, uh, all of our streams will be starting at nine a.m. Pacific time. So. I'm I'm super excited to be a part of it this time. And where where would the people go and watch your stream at? What where where would they find it? <laughs> we'll just keep saying that is a twitch.tv slash dragonrider DK. Come on, we we gotta keep plugging this, so <laughs> <laughs> What do you both think of four expansions per year instead of three sets and three mini sets? So uh, I I don't like it personally because it's like so think about it essentially if you were pre-ordering the mega bundle which I am so that's three mega bundles and you're talking about adding a um a uh fourth uh set so that'd be another 80 as opposed to 60 that'd be 20 bucks more that's like, yeah. I don't know. I just, 
I feel like they have a good balance with what they have right now. I like what they have right now. And I, I I hate to say this, but if they go to four sets, it's it seems like that just seems like a money grab. Like that would be a, a money grab in my opinion. Just because then Yes, the meta gets because, sti- because then there's then then there, the, there's more times that you have to buy the, the battle pass. So, so that's twenty and... bucks. That's twenty bucks more. So you're talking about you know, it's it's another essentially forty you know like forty to sixty bucks a year, which I mean, isn't the most. Not everyone has that kind of money. Let's put it like that. Not everyone is a whale. Sure. And I don't like I I don't mind the the way they have things right now, especially because I can um um I'm able to you know buy one of the sets with the mini sets with gold. I've been buying the mini sets with gold, so like I'm not going to be able to do with that with another full 135 card set. And like I really like the like mix up halfway between the 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 set, and it's like. I don't know. Just something doesn't feel like it would. Uh, it doesn't sound I, particularly I th- enticing to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like at least from from my vantage point, I hadn't even considered the the fact that there would be you know pre order bundles, uh, a fourth pre order bundle that you'd probably want to get. But just the idea of. I feel like there's enough of a change with the mini set after two months that it doesn't necessarily feel like it doesn't feel as stagnant. Whereas, you know, yes, you'd be getting a new expansion every three months instead of every four months, but there'd be no new cards in between those three month windows, which means I, I, I feel like there would be, uh, a lot more people a lot earlier in the in the expansion cycle getting tired of the of the uh the current meta in in those scenarios what do you think dragon Rider? yes yep i i'm with you both on this like i i like the pace of the three uh expansions plus mini sets in between i think that that has felt really good um and like you said, the the fact of the cost, like a lot of people already complain about the cost and things like that, and allowing us to be able to get the mini set with gold, I think a lot of people do get the mini sets with gold. And if you take that away and put in another expansion that they'd have to use real money for, that seems like it's almost working in the opposite direction of a lot of things that they've been working for over the last few years. So unless there's a different way that they would approach the cost of the four expansions, then I I think I'm not <laughs> thrilled about that idea. If they were to do something different, like maybe they still do the mega bundles, but if they dropped the cost of each of them so that you still had the four expansions per year, but then the mega bundles, I, I feel like they'd have to keep at the same value and drop the cost. I don't know that that's something they would actually do, but I think for me that is the direction that I would like to see that go if they wanted to keep players, I guess, in terms of that value. And yeah, it's, I don't know 
why they're thinking that change, if it's uh, the frequency that they are having to come up with cards that you know that gives them a little bit more time to actually come up with cards or, or test the cards before releasing them but i would be interested to hear like uh even more of their thoughts i guess on on why they've not done it or why they do want to do it so yeah it's it I, i'm hesitant i'm very hesitant because like the more i think about it the more it like when you said that when you're like oh maybe they'll have more time it feels like they'd have less time to test and balance like it seems yeah, just exactly. seriously like if they went to four unless the re- rewards track was completely different sounds like a cash grab and like like seriously if if they're trying to like uh, I I'm a little bit hesitant with how mercenaries was approached. the The monetization of mercenaries was uh, a little bit frustrating on on my end to see it. So like, I just hope it doesn't go that way because like, I, I I love this game. I don't want to really have a real serious conversation with myself about how much money I'm I'm spending because I I feel like I'm at a comfortable amount right now. So. Yep. Okay. Yes. I, I was just. Cu- yeah. I was just curious. I know when we got real serious that was, about that. <laughs> that was a. That was a very interesting response. Talking about hey, like they were talking about if the number of cards they were getting out a year was was where they wanted it to be, and it sounds like that's the that's fine. The number of cards they like, the number of cards they're doing, but they're just talking about what other ways they might get those cards to us over the over the course of a hearthstone year yeah i mean it roughly would be about the same amount of cards Mm -hmm. right so yeah maybe slightly more if they still did 135 because what the uh, mini sets are 35 35, yeah so you'd have 145 no, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. If yeah, there's three expansions. Yeah, one hundred five. Yeah, one hundred five is so what they're releasing in mini sets right now. We would actually get thirty more if they did four sets, four expansions instead of what they have now. But and also we're talking, you know, there's two legendary or there's what four legendaries in the mini set. You're talking another full twenty five legendaries. Uh, so another 13 legendaries that you don't automatically just get. Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm getting off topic again. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's move on to the, yes. uh, masters tour playoffs, item, which is so dragon rider. You want to talk about this? Yeah. Let's uh, jump into some tournament stuff. So yes, again, if you don't want, uh, the info here on who won, skip ahead here like a minute, but we have, for the playoffs, the final week of our Grandmasters Season 1, Mighty, Yarla, and Pascoa qualifying for World Champions, or for the World Championship. And wow, it's just, uh, like, I'm just, before I read the stats here, absolutely, like, new players coming in, and these players from all over the world, it's just, this is very exciting, very impressive. I am... I am happy to see all three of these players do so well. Uh, so we did have Mighty 
uh, take down Alutima three to one with a lineup of Questline Rogue, Mid Range Paladin, Face Hunter, and Beast Druid. That is my kind of lineup. I love it. <laughs> uh, we then had Yarla, who took down Fury Hunter three to one as well with Beast Druid, Face Hunter, Mid Range Paladin, and Shadow Priest. I'm loving these lineups. It's aggressive. And then Pascoa defeated Gamer RVG 3 0 with a lineup of Beast Druid, Midrange Paladin, Rally Miracle Priest, and the Questline Rogue. So interesting to note as well for the playoffs, all 24 of the players brought Druid, whether it was Beast or Kazakasan Druid. But yeah, every player had Druid. I, I think at this point, no one is surprised by that. Uh, but Priest was the second most brought class and then demon hunter and rogue behind that which i think is is a bit of a shift in what we've seen so the priest being the second most brought class is a little bit interesting and then on the other end the poor little forgotten classes warrior only four players and mage only two players brought mage that it's like feels like such a shift from like five six weeks ago <laughs> like yeah, it is. Uh, it, there are a lot of good games this weekend, and I'm, I, I, I am super happy to see Yarla punch his ticket. This like that was Yarla's like my favorite GM, so like to see him be able to make it back to Worlds again was very exciting. It was cool to see Mighty make it. Like first Indian Grandmaster, now he's going to Worlds. Like. APAC hype, like, it's just... And then we have another uh, Central American... Rep or, I mean, South American representative. So, like, it's just cool all around. It feels like it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just... It's exciting. That if Good luck to all those players. They're very cool watching it. It was just... The, the, the Hearthstone was just lights out. Like, the games this weekend were just insane. Like, some of the best Hearthstone... I've seen played in a long time. So it was really cool to uh, get to see this weekend. So it was, I can't really say any more than that. It was just really good. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. All right. Then moving into the other things we have. I know we are a standard podcast, but especially since this is the first one, I really wanted to just reiterate this coming weekend, April 2nd and 3rd, is our first Lobby Legends, which is our Battlegrounds tournament. Each of the days, it's going to be starting at 8 a.m. Pacific on both Twitch and YouTube. Woo! And uh, the official broadcast is going to be casted by Gia and Salissa, which is super hype. Oh, that's and awesome. produced by Saddle, which is super cool. He's going to be producing the show behind the scenes. So it's really cool to see him kind of take on a different uh, role there so i'm excited to see that as well and what that could mean for uh things in the future uh, but we also have the 16 competitors can co-stream their games as well as 30 community members who have been approved they they had to fill out like an application and they were selected to also be allowed to co-stream the tournament from their channels we'll have the link for you so you can actually uh they have it set up where you can like basically click on pretty much everybody's name and it should take you to their uh, channels 
if you want to watch those. Uh, it's just so many cool new things. They also have a new YouTube esports channel for Korea. So they're adding to that as well. Uh, but it's just going to be, I think, a really cool weekend. And the fact that it's going to be on Twitch again, I think it's just going to be it's going to be like a really good event overall. And I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to see it. So I know I'm going to be trying to catch some of it when I can. Um, also more women casting. Yay. Like I'm just hyped for that too. So Gia and Celissa casting together is going to be, it's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to that. I don't, are either of you going to be uh, trying to check some of this out? Yes, 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 yes. I'm, High-level Battlegrounds just makes my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I have no idea what you're doing anymore. Like, I understand how this game mode works. I understand some strategies. But the stuff they do is just bonkers. And it'll be very interesting because I know I've heard I've heard Gia cast Battlegrounds with, uh, you know, Saddle and Educated Collins. So, like, it'll be super hype to see that. So, like... It's just going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping to see some of it. I, you know, I'm still trying to get better at uh Battlegrounds since since the uh the buddies have been added. It's hit or miss on how good that's actually going. I'm I'm at about 3800 or something MMR. It's not not too great compared to it feels like everybody else, but I'm slowly making my way up up the, the ladder a little bit. So I'm hoping to get some ideas and thoughts on how to play some of the some of the uh, the heroes a little bit differently than maybe I'm playing them currently, which isn't having much success. So uh, very very interested in that, and I and I love to see that we're gonna get uh, GN Silza doing the uh, doing the uh, casting because i i I think that um well i think there so this is a really really good battlegrounds player and 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 she's very well spoken and i think she's somebody that you could learn a lot about battlegrounds about by listening to so and and g g is good as well but I, i i i'm looking forward to just trying to absorb and get a little bit of knowledge to get a little bit better at battlegrounds by watching this weekend because there's definitely going to be some high level play there. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely. it's definitely interesting because like I feel like you can under like I can understand like watching like grandmasters like I understand the plays that are being made why they're being made like that's not the case with battlegrounds. I'm like what what's happening? It what what right? Huh? Okay. <laughs> Well, also to move on a little bit before we jump into more new cards, uh, I guess kind of a a personal plug here, but I did also uh, kind of announce the next phase in my content, I guess, uh, which is, I'm calling it the AEC, uh, the Aspire Esports Center. And yeah, it's it's kind of a far-reaching thing. It's basically, uh, I'm calling it like the home of monthly tournaments, casting, interviews, guide videos. Uh, It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff posted on my YouTube. And part of that, like I said, monthly tournaments. But uh, Blizzard did also provide me some bundles to give away. 
And I thought it would be a great chance to actually uh, start up the tournaments and giving other casters some chances to cast with me and, and get experience. So I am hosting two tournaments coming up here. The first is on Saturday, April 2nd, and the other one is going to be Friday, April 8th. Uh, they both start at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, they're going to be just best of three singly limb, but the top four matches and the finals for each of the tournaments will be casted uh, by me and three guest casters that I have lined up for each of those days. So given some casters, some experience, and you know, the winner of each of those tournaments is going to win a bundle. So I'm excited for these. I hope that you join and uh, it's going to be fun. All right. So let us move on to the main topic for this week and Drum roll, please. It's main topic from Valley to the Sunken City. Yay! More cards. We got 86 revealed cards so far as the time of this recording. 30 since our last episode. Whew. That is nuts. We've got two new Colossals. So... Do you want Mage? I know you love the Colossals, so why don't you tell us about our first Colossal, Glug the Gulper? I, I mean, I th I think a lot of people like the the Colossals. This is this is the new card type uh, that they were hyping for the new expansion that was confirmed uh, by Ixar that this this was the new card type uh, their consideration. So yeah, we got we've seen seven of them so far. We got two more revealed this week. So now nine of the ten classes have had their colossal revealed. I'm sorry, Hunter, Sidisi, all of you hunter heroes out there. You have not seen your colossal just yet. Uh, but it's coming. But we got two this week. We got Glug the Gulper is the Shaman Colossal. It is a seven mana, three attack, five health beast with three appendages, all of which being its tail. I love that. Um, and then it says, after a friendly minion dies, gain its original stats. And the three appendages are two mana, two, two beast tails with taunt. So you are putting four minions on the board, three of them with taunt, and if those taunts are killed before the main body dies, it'll buff it an additional 2-2 per taunt. So you could uh, end up with a body that is uh, 5, 7, 9, 11 uh, if all three of those tails are removed while gulp the gulper uh, main body is still on the board. So that's... That's that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, you're going to want to try and kill the gulper, the main body, uh, the head, I guess it looks like, uh, before you kill off the taunts so you don't buff the buff the, the main minion. Uh, but if you're more of a board-based deck, that that that's gonna be difficult. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be very difficult. The stats on that main body feel a little a little small, but I guess the fact that it gets buffed by uh, it says 
after a friendly minion dies. So it's not just the tails, it's any other minion that would die as yeah. well. I didn't really exactly. catch yep. that until, yep. until just now. So, like, if you have one or two minions on the board that can attack this turn, you play this, you get the appendages, you could run those minions in and die right, have them die right away, and buff this thing immediately. That is, that's cool. I didn't even think about that. What do you guys think of Glug the Gulper? That's that's what I was thinking is what you just said is like if you can have some things on the board then play this then trade those couple things in I'm like I'm gonna make myself dizzy from like excited nodding here like yes <laughs> let's go <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's a little costly but that is a very powerful effect for the cost and you're getting yeah I mean even if you play it without a board like you're getting four bodies technically for for that seven mana mm-hmm. so yeah this. This seems really cool. I'm uh I'm gonna be really interested to test this one out and see if there is like some more board based like I might even try slotting this into some sort of like elemental shaman just because I already wanna be on board. <laughs> I think this is interesting. This is definitely a cool synergetic um something you know it's a three five that becomes hypothetically becomes you know a seven nine after the the appendages die so i think this could be very cool so i'm excited to see you know how this one turns out but i think this is one of the cooler ones they've revealed not as cool as the next one but uh i think this is really cool speaking of the next one we have our resident paladin lover dragon rider talk about the the Leviathan. There we go. I have a hard time saying that word. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have the Leviathan. It is a 7 mana, 4-5 mech. It is Colossal plus 1. Rush, Divine Shield. After this attacks, Dredge. And that Colossal piece is the Leviathan's Claw. It's a 3 mana, 4-2 mech with Rush and Divine Shield. And after this attacks, draw a card. Oh my gosh, Rush Divine Shield. Like, so many things happening with this card. I love it. Yes, it's not like the best stats on one body. But you're looking at, you get for seven mana, what, eight, seven worth of Divine Shield stats over two bodies. So you're getting two Divine Shields. Yeah, and it all rushes. Yeah. It all affects the board immediately. It all rushes, yeah. and it gets to dredge, and then immediately draw that card. How cool yeah, is that? You can, uh, yeah, you can you can attack with the Leviathan itself first to trigger that dredge, and then you can attack with the claw part to draw the card you just dredged. You could do it in the other order too if you if you really wanted, or you know. There's a lot of ways you could do it, but those divine shields means that there is potential for you to be able to attack with them again the next turn, too, if they live. So you could potentially be getting a lot of value off of these cards. I like this card a lot. I, I, I'm all about... Cards with Rush are are already pretty good because they affect the board the turn you play them. But then to have these have divine shield on them so they don't die with that initial attack is 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 even better, and the fact that it that these 
uh, have the synergy of being able to dredge and then draw that card uh, with the two with the two attacks that you're making is just feels really strong. And uh, you know, we're gonna see some other cards that that uh, in Paladin that can leverage the mech uh, mech tag. And so I, I think finding this card isn't going to necessarily be as difficult um, as well. So I, I think this I think this card is powerful, and I think it's going to see a, a fair amount of play. All right. So then we were thinking, let's do similar to what we did last week and talk about a couple cards apiece. Um, that kind of stuck out to us. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Dragon Rider. What is one card that sticks out to you that you want to talk about today? Well, I'm going to stick with the uh, the Paladin that we were already just talking about because I'm so excited for Paladin. But uh, we have the Asharan. Asharan? Wow. All right. I'm just going to, you know, casting is going to be hard with these guys. <laughs> The Asharan Mooncatcher. It is another mech. Three mana, four, two, with Divine Shield and Battlecry. Put a Sunken Mooncatcher on the bottom of your deck. And the Sunken Mooncatcher has the same stats. It's three mana, four, two mech with Divine Shield. Battlecry, summon a copy of this. Yeah, I am so hyped for Paladin. These are so exciting. Like, you could even, if the game goes this long, there is the turn 10 combo of the Leviathan plus one of these moon catchers. Put the uh, sunken moon catcher on the bottom of your deck, attack with the Leviathan, dredge it up. Like, <laughs> you know, or it could work with um, hand buffs where you're buffing the moon catcher and stuff in hand, and then you can play it, summoning a copy of it. There's a lot of ways that you can maneuver this. And again, we just talked about Divine Shield is pretty great these don't have the greatest health the divine shield does help a little bit but uh these are these are going to be kind of interesting to see how people use them in combination with other things reminds me of goody two shields the three mana four two it, it wasn't a mech tag and it had the spell burst to put the divine shield back on so from that standpoint it was it was very nice but that was still a pretty good card when you just played a three mana four two with a divine shield and was a bit of a pain to remove and so i i think this card's going to going to see some play and and especially if there's if there's a mech deck for paladin this this is definitely going to be one of the cornerstones because that sunken moon catcher being able to get for three mana two four twos with divine shield that's that 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 seems very nice yeah this card seems <laughs> annoying. Like it seems good on curve with a lot of good potential upside for a little bit later in the game. So uh, yeah. yeah, this just seems uh, what Paladin wants to do. So I think this is a very interesting card. Mage, what do you got? What What is your first card you want to talk about? Oh, I feel like I have to talk about the Chum Bucket. This is a two-mana epic spell for Warlock. Yes, Warlock is getting a Murloc-centric package uh, in Voyage to the Sunken City. 
The chum bucket says, give all murlocs in your hand, plus one, plus one. Repeat for each murloc you control. So this is hand buff for your murloc warlock deck. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, you want to play murlocs on curve and like you want to be able to but sometimes it's you know they're not statted the best but like if you have if you have you know a few murlocs on the board and you have this and a couple in hand this could be this could be quite something i i i i want to believe there is a world where we can play murloc warlock and they're trying to give us a reason to do that in this expansion. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're definitely going to try and give it a try. And I and I think I want to try this. They are they are certainly pushing uh, the Murloc package, and I feel like if uh, if it's going to be good, this card is probably going to be part of it. So uh, I'm interested. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, I'm interested to see more like minion and board focused uh, warlocks again, because I think for a while now it's felt like we've had the like quest and handlock kind of versions. Uh, this feels more like kind of maybe a, an early game or zoo style, you know, potential type of archetype, and it it feels like we actually haven't had that for a while. So I'm interested to see if this will be a thing and how good it's gonna be. I haven't felt super impressed with these Warlock cards yet, but they haven't revealed very many yet, so I'm interested to see what else gets revealed for Warlock. Okay, so the first card I would like to talk about is Glaive Shark. The 4-mana four 4-3 four, beast for uh, Demon Hunter. Battlecry, if your hero has attacked this turn, deal 2 damage to all enemies. Uh, yeah. Ouch. Yes. <laughs> that seems good. That seems like a very, uh, uh, I, if I'm remembering Demon Hunter like I think I am, that seems like a very easy thing to accomplish. So, uh, that seems really good. Like, it, it, it could be used as a really cool, it feels like a very cool board tool, you know, control tool. For something that might be a bit more mid-rangey or it could be more aggressive. And this just like gives you the board control you need towards the end of your your deck. To, you know, I, I don't know. I just think this is a really cool card. I like the design. It fits Demon Hunter very well. So I, I thought it was a really cool card. Yeah, the one mana hero power that allows you to attack means that you basically can have this battle cry effect go off whenever you want start you know starting on turn five and so it's just like that see that seems pretty good it seems like a seems like a great mid-range tool where you're trying to kind of solidify your board state while kind of just setting yourself up in a position to kind of take command of the game i feel like that's where this might really shine and and like on turn five where you hero power hit maybe something that's got three health and they've got 
you know, a two health, a couple two health minions and a three health minion, you hit the minion, then you play this and their entire board's gone. And you're like, ha ha, get, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble now. Cause you got to come back against this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love the three health on this, but I, I think the, the battle cry probably more than makes up for it. Yeah, I am. I love this card. This is going to be a really cool card. Like, this is Consecration on a body. I mean, as long as you attack. But the fact that it's all enemies means it also does two damage to their face. It's not just minions. Uh, so, you know, you're getting the two damage to their face as well. It's just, uh, yes. I, I love everything about this. Even the, uh, I was looking at the flavor text and then I saw Daring just <laughs> in our chat too. So, Daring, you want to read that flavor text? Yes, I can. Uh, can smell a drop of vengeance in the water up to a mile away. <laughs> vengeance. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, back to you, Dragon Rider. What do you have next? Yes, next. Again, I, I don't know how, I, how I'm managing this, but uh, sticking with the Demon Hunter theme, uh, I am kind of also interested in this Abyssal Depths. It is... A Demon Hunter spell. It's a shadow spell for four mana. Draw your two lowest cost minions. Now, I find this really interesting because I think this actually could be very flexible. It like maybe you don't want to play it in a super aggressive deck. It's like eh, four mana to a uh, to get two like one one or two one drops. Eh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> There's probably better draw for that, but you go on the other end of that and you play like big demon stuff or something or even just big minions and you're drawing these. <sighs> you can't really use this with, um, no, actually you could, right? You could do this with Vandar. I was thinking it, you couldn't have four cost things in your deck, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I just saw Mage shaking his head like, yes, yeah, Vandar. <laughs> this ensures that you find the Vandar. Like, because yeah. Vandar would be one of, that would be one of the lowest cost minions in the deck. So then you play yeah. that. And then post Vandar, it's going to give you, it's going to draw two of your big minions that are now reduced in cost uh, because of Vandar. This, I, I love this for Big Demon Hunter. It looks. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I was I was just gonna say like you could even have like just mid game minions with this too. Like not even going extreme like eight, nine, ten cost minions. I mean just drawing like a five and a six cost minion. You play this on turn four and you're setting up your next couple of turns. Like it seems so flexible. It is. It is very interesting. I feel like it lends itself more towards that like big package because cards like this. Like, you don't want to be using this to draw, like, a f two four-cost minions. You want to be drawing, like, generally you want to be drawing bigger minions, I assume. So, I I think this, I mean, this does potentially set up something like a bigger Demon Hunter, you know, because that relatively, you know, reasonably tutors out big cards from your deck. And like you said, Vandar, it would work with Vandar, so... What if what if what if your lowest one of your lowest cost minions was Zalig of the Abyss, your colossal? Who? Who? 
Oh my god. Because you're running like yes. eight, nine, and ten mana cards piece, uh, along with Vandar, and then this is your seven cost. This That could potentially ensure that you get your, your Colossal. And if you had played it, Vandar, Vandar, I think, reduces it by two, so you could potentially on turn five then play the Colossal. Yeah. Oh my god. Just, you know, the very <laughs> next turn. That's nutty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dra- or Mage, excuse me. What is the next card you'd like to speak about? I want to talk about the Hunter spell, or secret that got released. Uh, emergency Maneuvers. It is a two-mana secret. Epic. It says, when a friendly minion dies, summon a copy of it. It's dormant for one turn. So it's another minion secret. Uh I'm kinda I'm kinda digging this because like you know, again, it, it kind of like I I don't know what's I don't remember what exactly is rotating as far as the secret package, but I you know, I think we want to have a good minion secret and like thinking about um Something like pack tactics is that the right one? The 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 that creates the three three of the minion that yep. you attack. I don't. I not sure if that is still going to be around, but this is almost as good because you're like you're getting a copy of the thing that you that they attacked into. It is dormant for a turn, but I mean, that's that seems okay to me. It, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of like the secret. I, I think this is a really cool card. I really like this. I really like the. It. I don't know. It just seems very like it mechanically cool. Like the, it goes minion or it goes dormant for a turn, so it can't just like spawn it and immediately deal with it. It comes back to life on your turn, so that gives you a lot more control of what happens to it. So, it seems really cool. I like it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one as well. I think also just the the fact of like how you have to think about trying to play around it is very interesting in terms of like, okay, well, is it a minion that has a death rattle effect? It's like, well, do I really want to try killing that? And then they get the death rattle and then a dormant copy of it that's just going to have the death rattle again. Or is there another minion you can kill? How do you, do you just can you afford to like not kill minions to play around it? You know, there's, there's a lot of ways that uh, you have to think ar- about playing around it too, which I just find very fascinating with these secrets. So yeah, I am, I'm pretty excited for it. So pack tactics was in ashes of outland. So that is going to be rotated out of standard uh, presumably. And then open the cages is actually from Madness and the Dark Moon Fair. So two of the two of the five six secrets that we have in standard right now are going to be rotating out of standard. Um, so getting another one back in there. Uh, Snake Trap is the only other one that summons minions right now, and that's in the core set. So that may or may not still be available as well. So I I, I definitely think. Having a minion, uh, minion spawn secret uh, is probably important for Hunter, and they they got it with emergency maneuvers. 
Okay, so the next card I would like to talk about is Spite Leash, uh, Spite Lash Siren. Is a four mana two four not or two five Naga. Uh, after you play a Naga, refresh two mana crystals, then switch to spells. Who? So you, if you play a Naga with this, it refreshes two spells, and then I believe it goes to when you play, after you play a spell, refresh two mana crystals, then switch back to Naga. So I mean. Uh, that's just a really cool uh, way to spam some mana, and it's a very interesting like condition, right? Because like you know, mage is mage is generally the spell class, and Naga's like spells. So I think this is a really cool flavor. I think it's interesting how it refreshes mana crystals. So I I am super into this card. What do you guys think? Yeah. This is a really interesting one. I don't know how great it's going to be. <laughs> like, it seems like it might be hard to pull this off a lot. But you probably could get two. I, I would guess, like, two refreshes is probably going to be average. Uh, just based on similar cards that we've had. But it's a really interesting concept that you'd have to play like back and forth. Minion, then a spell, then and a, spe and a specific type of minion in order to get this effect it does seem slightly expensive if you're trying to do this and then play some other stuff so i'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes uh, but it does seem like a really cool effect yeah i am very curious to see what the the composition of the deck would need to look like in order to to, to really leverage this the, this is an epic rather than uh, you know, like a legendary or something. So you can put two of these in your deck. And, you know, Mage does have a fair number of cheap spells that they can cast. So that part isn't necessarily going to be the difficult part. It's going to be what what other Nagas are you going to be playing in the deck and, and how cheap can you make those so that you can keep doing the kind of the refresh stuff. Because on the mana, on the spell side, you can, you know, Mage has some one mana spells, so you actually, uh, you know, you'd spend one mana and gain two mana back as far as the refresh goes. Um, so you can actually kind of generate mana a little bit. Uh, it's just a question of what what does the Naga pool look like, and and how does you know how many of those are you going to have in hand, and what how much mana are you going to need um, in order to do this? This feels like it's going to need to be like. You're going to need to have like seven, eight, nine mana before you want to try doing something like this. But 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 maybe I'm wrong there. Okay, so Dragon Rider, final card for you. What are we talking about? Yes, I wanted to bring it around again to another neutral uh, because I think some of these neutrals are just very interesting. It is another Naga, though. It is School Teacher. A 4-mana, 5-4, battle cry, add a 1-1 one, one Nogaling to your hand. Discover a spell that costs 3 or less to teach it. And then the, the Nogaling is a 1-1 it's a one, one for 1, battle cry, cast, and then insert. <laughs> so this yeah, one, the spell I think that it learned, presumably. Yeah. 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 So it, it's really interesting because then you, so you're getting the 5-4 body. 
you're discovering a spell that's going to cost three or less, but you're getting the effect of the spell on a 1-1 body that you can then play. So if you pick a spell that normally would cost three, right, you're just getting the effect of it, and you're only going to pay one for that and get a little 1-1 body, that, which is that, is very interesting. And that 1-1 body is a Naga, too. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Go back so to Spite think... Lash. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So, like, if you are looking for Naga and spell synergies, you're not going to get the spell itself here. So you can't, like, play this and, and back and forth it with that Naga we just talked about for Mage. But you can get cheap Nagas. And, I mean, I just... Just the, the fact of, like, how they're testing out different ways to use discover i am so excited about because if you think about it like this is a different kind of way to use discover right so they're putting the discover onto a body you're discovering a spell but it's going onto a body that you can then play so you're not actually playing the spell itself dredge is a different kind of discover like i'm i'm just super excited about all the different ways they're kind of manipulating the discover effect all right, so here's what you do. Eight mana, you play the Spite Lash Siren. Then you play the School Teacher. Put a spell on another Naga. You gain two mana crystals back. You play a one mana spell. And you gain an additional mana back. Then you play the Nagaling and get that quest and refresh two mana crystals again. It just there, there, there's, there's actually a, a nice little synergy thing going on, you know, because obviously you've got cheap spells, you've got, and then this would be a, a nice way of, you know, putting Nagas in your deck because you're basically putting two in there for the, for, for the cost of one card. Uh, the, this might actually be a way to, to do something with the, the Spite Lash Siren. Agreed. Mage, what is the final card we're talking about for you? So I need to talk about Radar Detector. This is a two-mana Paladin card, an epic spell that says, Scan the bottom five cards of your deck, draw any mechs found this way, then shuffle your deck. Uh, yes, please. We've seen some really good mechs, including the Colossal, the Leviathan. Uh, this is two-mana that... You're going to probably draw two and possibly more than that. Um, think about like, I think there's, there's a Paladin card that puts the Ashara and the the moon catcher. Yep. This is how you can immediately yep. find the moon catcher yep. that you put in your deck. And you've also got the, the seafloor savior too, which is the, the dredge. If the minion, if it's a minion, give this, give the give it this minion's health and attack so you know this is a mech that buffs other other minions um uh yeah i i think you know i would be if i played radar detector and was able to pull up my my moon catcher my sunken moon catcher and my leviathan and then reshuffles my deck afterwards Heck yeah, sign me up. That 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 would be fantastic. Uh I think I think I think there's enough here that if there is anything decent in 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 the core set for mechs, uh 
you know, I'm not necessarily thinking Mech Warper, but if Mech Warper was there, it would be crazy. But even something like Galvanizer, you know, some something like that, if there's a little bit of Mech Center uh, support, uh, additional Mech support than what we have in in the core set currently, I think a Mech Paladin deck is very is going to be very viable uh, during Voyage to the Sunken City. Yeah, that the card just looks awesome. Like it draws mechs. It is targeted draw. It looks at five cards and draws you potentially cards. And there are mechs you can put on the bottom of your deck so you can you know ensure it happening. So this seems really good, and this makes the the Assurin Mooncatcher that much better because if you play this on turn three. Play the radar detector in turn four with, you know, hero power or another card. And then all of a sudden you get two five or two four twos with divine shield for three on turn five. I feel like you're doing pretty good on the board. So, like, this seems really solid. Yeah, this is really cool. I'm excited for this. I think also one big thing is noting that it does specify that you then shuffle your deck. So you're not going to be like, it's not just look at the five, the five bottom cards, get the mechs. And then you know, what's at the bottom. Like, you know, it's going to reshuffle the deck. So you do have to be aware of this. If you're going to use it in combination with like dredge effects or something else, you have to plan out like how you're going to do those first. Uh, But this is still cheap. And I mean, yeah, two mana, draw some stuff, draw specific targeted stuff. Like you said, ugh. I'm so ready for Paladin. I actually like that it says shuffle your deck at the end of it, because what it does mean is that the other radar detector isn't, you know, a guaranteed whiff then at that point. Right. Because if you play this on, say, turn four and you and you get a couple of mechs. What if for some reason you don't have you, you end up wanting to play a radar detector again on turn five or turn six or something? It's like, you know, there's probably not going to be any mechs at the bottom of your deck because you already went through and grabbed them all, right? The fact that this reshuffles means you, the the other radar detector is probably, you know, presumably going to hit something when, when, when you try doing it again because you had to reshuffle your deck there. Okay, and then finally, I would like to talk about the Assurance Trident. It is a weapon, it is a warrior weapon, a three mana, three, two, death rattle, put a sunken trident on the bottom of your deck. And the sunken trident is a three mana, three, two, after your hero attacks, deal two damage to all enemy minions. Uh, This just seems like a fun, like, A, you get a second weapon out of it, which is pretty cool. And then it's a weapon that does damage to minions. It's just, I don't know. This, this to me, says Control Warrior, and I really like that. So I, I am very interested in this card. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a Fiery War Axe at its base, mm-hmm. and then it's an improved Fiery War Axe when you get the sunken version. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty solid. I'd take that. Yes. Yeah. I'm also very interested in, we've like, even just today, we've talked about several cards now that deal two damage. There are still other cards that are also going to be, you know, in other decks that deal two damage. 
I am really, really curious how effective a two damage AOE is going to be. Because if there's a lot of minions and other stuff that have two health, it's going to be a lot more effective than if there's a lot of things that have three health and you have to, you know, attack into those or use these effects multiple times to actually clear the boards. And I don't think these effects, like the shark that we talked about and this weapon, they can't be improved by, like, spell damage. So it's really interesting to think about, like, how are you going to set up to take advantage of that two damage as well it is interesting so i just i like the fact that they have a weapon that does two damage after it attacks <laughs> oh yeah so yeah i mean that works is no i think rancor goes no rancor is still here rancor's outland or uh forged in the barons i believe so that could be a cool interaction anyways I think that's all we're talking about this week. So uh, let us wrap up with this week's poll question. Mage, what do we have? Well, first we wanted to do yep, a, yep, yep. a note that so the next two weeks, the next two episodes the, that we're going to release on, on the regular day on Wednesday are going to be comprised the two parts for the full set review. So rather than having a special bonus episode as as our uh as our you know big super four hour long single episode with our review that um we're gonna split it up over two parts and it'll be the next two episodes because uh next next tuesday when we would normally record all the final reveals for the rest of Voyage to the Sunken City will be there. So we will have all of the cards. So we'll just start going through and talking about uh, the first four classes or so uh, in that episode and going through that. And then the following week, we will we will get through the rest of the cards and the, uh, and, and the neutrals uh, so that we have that. So look for that over the next two weeks. Uh, that will be our main... Uh, our our main episodes the next two weeks and one other thing we did an interview with uh realm maintenance podcast and um there's just when a tweet a tweet just went out a few hours ago saying that episode was delayed by a little bit but it will be out next monday uh the the fourth right yeah because we're gonna be recording on the fifth so yes it'll be out next uh next monday on the fourth it was really fun we had a really good time and it just come come check it out come support realm maintenance so i don't know what else to say about that but now, we had a good time yeah now now i will jump into this week's poll question so we we talked about a a, a number of cards that each of us liked over the last uh two episodes uh, we've seen, um, you know, 86 cards so far. Uh, some classes have had only about five, six cards revealed. There are other classes that have eight or nine cards uh, revealed so far. And what we want to know from you is, so far, which set of car class cards in Voyage to the Sunken City are you most excited to play? So I'm going to give you the the three classes, Paladin, Mage, and Shaman. They have had the most cards revealed so far. 
Uh, but we want to know what cl- what class are you most excited for based on the class cards that you've seen so far. So vote. Tell us which class you you think it is. If it's Paladin, Mage, or Shaman, just go ahead and check that. If it's if it's one of the other classes, vote for other and then reply and let us know what class it is. And we will tally those results and let you know what the results are on next on. On next week's show, it might not be next week's yeah. show. Yeah. The next regular episode. The next regular episode. So it'll be like two weeks. So it'd be Yeah. Three episodes from Exactly. So uh speaking of the show, you can find the show on Twitter at Doctor Three HS. You can email us at Doctor Three HS at gmail.com and you can join our Discord by following our top pin tweet. You can find myself on Twitter at Daring Alkaline, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Daring Alkaline. Um, I'm generally streaming most work days between 12, 1230 for an hour on my lunch stream, and then it's a little bit spotty during the week. But, you know, I generally put together a few couple hour streams here or there, and I try to give you a little bit of a heads up. Dragon Rider, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK, D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K, Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider DK. And yes, please come by, come by the, uh, the YouTube. I'm going to be putting out, like I said, a bunch of like guide videos. I'm working on uh, like some basics first, um, breaking down about the different tournament formats, how brackets work, um, some things like that. And I'll be doing interviews uh, and Come check out the tournaments I'm hosting and come hang out for the Fairycraft stream on April 7th. And Mage, take us home. Definitely be there for the Fairycrafting stream. and Highly recommend you do it as well. Uh, you can find me talking about my trouble getting to Legend in Hearthstone. Uh, comic books, D&D, all that fun stuff that I normally talk about on Twitter. I'm at Mage Death. And as you're hearing this, episode one of the Moon Knight TV show is available for you to watch on Disney+. Plus. We were very excited. Uh, we released episode 13 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast where we made some final speculation on what you might see in the first episode. Uh, you can go check that out. There's links to the show on our Twitter. It is at Phases of MK. And we'll be doing special episodes specifically on recapping the TV show every week, and those are going to get released on every Friday. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks for thanks for diving deeper as we travel towards the sunken city. And as always, you've been listening to Doctor Three. I feel like I should have a water joke here, but I just. Uh... It's just, it's in the abyss. What can I say? <laughs> Boom.